How's it going? Okay, so if you're hearing this, you're probably like, what's going on? Why are you talking to me like this? Uh, well, so we, we, we went through a rebrand. We originally were, speaking of which, we're now Drunken Book Club. But I wanted to keep old episodes alive. So here are the episodes before the main update to Drunken Book Club. These are, you know, episodes that we did on a bunch of different books before we rebranded to Drunken Book Club. I keep referring to us as Drunken Book Club, but also reference speaking of which, which is the old podcast. So there we are. Also, our new socials for this are at DBC underscore pod for Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash Drunken Book Club. Definitely recommend checking it out. It's only a dollar a month, and you can tell us what books to read. All right, well, that's it. You guys enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to yet another Drunken Book Club. I'm your mad scientist host, Christopher the Rupal, joined with... The kid that won't fucking listen to their parents, Sam. So every Goosebumps book? Basically. So, and we read Stay Out of the Basement, a staple of the Goosebumps line. This is the second book in the series, by the way, so we can't really say it's a staple in the line when it's only the second book. (laughs) But hey, it's Stay Out of the Basement, and this is Drunken Book Club, and as always, we get really drunk before we record this, and then talk about a young adult book. I I put that in the wrong order. (laughs) Alright, so what did you pregame on, hon? So... Before I even got home, I pre-gamed on some Bakker Cider, and then I had some, I can't remember the domain of the cider, but I had some more cider, <laughs> and then I'm having Slow Elk Oatmeal Stout. You, you also had a margarita. Yes, I did also have a strawberry. Oh, I was like, Cuervo. Margarita. <laughs> strawberry, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's what you pre-gamed on? Yes. 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 Yosh. Yosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Why am I abraded? What? <laughs> uh, and I pre-gamed on a couple things. I Before Sam got home, I started nursing a, a Smirnoff seltzer like I do. Then I had a burrito and it made me happy. <laughs> and then I made a Rhodian Splice. I, I don't think I've talked about the Rhodian Splice on here. I don't think yet. you have. So what a Rhodian Splice is, it's coffee lick. It's one-third coffee liquor. One third Irish cream liquor, and then you top it off with some whiskey, and you drink it all down in one shot. It's it's a pretty tasty little drink. I I use honey whiskey because I like the I like the little extra flavor to it. Honey goes well with coffee and cream. Yeah, it does. As was I Sam's had it. It's pretty darn tasty. Yeah. And that got me that got like me a little bit started, but I needed more, so I had a. Uh, a, a strawberry margarita like Sam, and I had a little bit of rum because we don't have any tequila at the moment because I drink it all, and <laughs> and then uh, I'm currently nursing another Smirnoff seltzer. Uh, this one is the pink lemonade one. All right, so let's let's start off as we normally do the cover. What do you think of this cover, Sam? I thought it was going to be like a home invasion kind of thing, like kind of like that thing breaking out of the basement. Yeah, because what 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 the cover is? This is the we have the classic cover, just so people know, because there are three different covers to this book. Uh, but this one is the one where it's the hand grabbing the door from the basement, and it says something waiting in the dark. Something's waiting in the dark, and he's got like leaves and shit. He's he's the green man. Yeah, missing Converse. 
Mid, what? Oh, yeah, it doesn't have a cover. <laughs> well, okay, do you know why, though? Hmm. This isn't a Tim Jacobus cover. Oh. That's why there's no converse. Yeah, there's ah. there's two covers in the series that aren't drawn by Tim Jacobus. This is one of them. Hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, you can kind of tell when you really look at it, because it looks a little too realistic. Jacobus yeah, kind of right. likes a more cartoony look. Yeah. But at the same time, he does do some, like, normal, like, regular ones. So there, it's, it's not as stylized as his typical. Stylized, yeah. He, he has a good stylized. But there is a Tim Jacobus cover, and it's a giant. It's literally a a plant scientist standing in the middle of a room with experiments and shit behind him. Still no Converse. Still no Converse though. But hey, you. I bet he'd be wearing Converse if he could. Yeah. But his feet are like Alvin and Titus huge. True. <laughs> I don't know. Just put put multiple Converse on the branches. And I'll I'll admit. I'm not a big fan of the Jim Jacobus cover. I actually prefer the original one to that one. But the 2011 cover, I think it's a kind of a happy medium. It, it, it's got that cartoony style that the 2011 ones have, which I like yeah. a lot. But it looks like the original cover. Like It's, it's but, the hand reaching out of the door. But you got like a bunch of like spindly plants, kind of like the original. It's kind of like yep. a mixture. It's like the best of both worlds, if you would. Yeah. So, I, I kind of like the 2011 cover the best of the bunch. Yeah, like, I, I can appreciate, I do appreciate the original cover, because it kind of reminds me of, like, a 70s horror movie poster. Yeah. Where it's, like, the minimalistic. It's just a hand coming out of nowhere and being like, oh, oh shit, what's attached to that hand? Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't give away the whole yeah. thing. It just, you can tell bits, but not. You're just like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, let, I, I guess we'll start with my notes. I've got six pages worth of synopsis to go through on this book, because uh, I, I, I had some notes for this one. <laughs> Alright, so Casey Brewer is playing Frisbee outside when, he, when he's like, Pops, come play Frisbee with me. His dad declines and says he's very busy. Margaret Brewer offers to play Frisbee with him. That, that's his sister's Margaret. <laughs> they call each other nicknames like Hot Dog, Dork, and Fatso. Okay, when I heard them consistently be like, everyone calls her Fatso, she's going to be a bulimic later on Well, because she's so thin is why they call her Fatso. Yeah. It's kind of like calling like my dad Tiny. It's still fucking stupid. No, the Tiny one isn't going to cause someone to have a fucking... A fucking mental disorder that's gonna make them literally die. That could kill them. True. Like, Tiny is not gonna hurt someone's feelings in the long run and kill them with bulimia. Yeah, but it's still fucking stupid. Like, what if you... I mean, think about it. Like, she's still thin in, like, in high school, but they're calling her fatso? Yeah. That's gonna hurt. Yeah, that's gonna fuck her up. Yeah. I'm just saying. Sorry, that was one of my no, notes. No, you're right, because I really hated that. Like, I'm like, that's... That's a terrible that's name. That's gross. Like, at least princess I get. Yeah, princess makes sense. Like, it's one of those, like, Daddy's Little Princess. Yeah. Margaret mentions that the family has been edgy ever since her father lost his job at Polytech. Crawling in my skin. Some things like how her dad doesn't call her princess anymore, and how their mother is drinking more wine than she usually does. Okay, that was an a, a note I added. <laughs> Casey then asks why Dad got fired, wondering if he blew up the lab or something, which for some reason excites the little psycho. <laughs> uh, Margaret says that wouldn't have happened... Since their dad is a botanist and plants don't usually explode. <laughs> Margaret tells Casey she heard dad on the phone with Mr. Martinez, her dad's old boss, that it had something to do with the plants dad was growing. 
some experiment that had gone wrong or something. Stop growing weed. <laughs> That's later on. Uh, they both they both grow uh, tired from being outside and grab a juice box inside. What kind of juice do you think they got? I feel like a grape or a grape mix. I'm talking about brand. Probably like some generic shit. I'm thinking they got juicy juice. I'm thinking they got some apple juicy juice up in there. See, I'm thinking they got like the Costco. Mm, I don't know. I mean, they're jobless. You don't go to Costco when you're jobless. Yeah, you do. It's got some good deals buying bulk. Uh, you're right, but I mean, do you have the money for the bulk, though? I mean, it's juice. It's not that much more expensive. Juice costs money. Go get me a juice. <laughs> a juicy juice. Is this a juicy juice? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yummy. Uh, but, but, okay, but yeah, that's the juice. That's the juice talk. <laughs> <laughs> juice talk. Their mother is deveining shrimp and gets a call on the phone. Casey notices dad's basement door, uh, lab door is ajar and goes in to close it. Then he decides they should go and check out what dad is doing down there. Margaret agrees and they slowly head down the stairs and call out to their dad. Halfway down the stairs, their dad appears, holding his right hand, which is bleeding, and he screams out, at, screams at them to... Get out of basement! No, stay, stay out. Stay out of the basement. <laughs> Be fair, I'm drunk. It's the title of the book! I didn't read the title as I yelled that. And we get a title sequence. <laughs> stay out of the basement. Chapter 2. Uh, <laughs> two weeks have passed since their con- confrontation with their dad in the basement. Their mother is leaving to Tucson to visit Woo! her sick sister in the hospital. Tucson! Uh, Mar- or sick relatives, go! <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Margaret, Margaret's friend Diane offers to babysit Margaret and Casey, and they both poke fun at her, fun at her of how she's younger than Margaret and how Casey is smarter than her. Mom calls down to their father to get off his masturbating chair and to take <laughs> take her to the airport already. I actually made that joke of, like, Dad's just in the basement masturbating and doing drugs. Yeah. She tells the kids to take care of their dad and to make sure that he eats every once in a while. Just put the plate underneath the, t- the, the door. Dad shows his ass finally with a bandage over his right hand still and rudely comments about how much luggage, luggage their mom is taking. They leave, and the kids go back inside and watch a Schwarzenegger movie. One of my favorite quotes is is right here. And Diane comments, Is he building a Frankenstein monster or something? Diane demanded. demanded, Or some kind of Robocop? Wouldn't that be cool? And then that's followed up with the the line, Arnold Schwarzenegger bounded across the screen. Which I thought was funny. Uh, Diane taunts Casey into giving... Go, or go, ugh, Diane taunts Margaret into going down into the basement with Casey, which uh, Margaret doesn't feel comfortable about doing at all. And then she calls her chicken a bunch of times until she's like, fine, stop calling me chicken. Pretty much. Like, that's literally chicken. And she's like, no, chicken. She's like, cheep, 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 cheep. That's what cheep. I honestly imagined when I heard her say chicken. I'm like, is he just fucking like Tommy was sewing it? Yeah, she is. The three kids notice how hot and humid it is down there. That feels almost like a rainforest. The basement is split into two rooms. On the left, an unfinished rec room with a ping pong table, and on the right, their dad's workstation. The room is lit brightly with halogen lights. Growing in the room were shiny, tall plants, thick stu- thick stalked and broad leafed. Doctor Brewers growing the dank kush before it was legal. Yeah. Okay, the book says hey, there gotta were. Make some money. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, the book says there were a bunch of plants growing in there, but one of them has to be cannabis. I'm just gonna say it up front. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Uh, Diane asks if their father really grew all these plants in five to six weeks. And Margaret confirms that their dad is a druid. <laughs> uh, the, the kids can't help themselves and start touching all the plants. Casey comments that it's too hot down here and removes his shirts. Imagine if everything was like poison oak or poison ivy. Right. And they're just like touching everything and breaking Ooh, out the ashes. Ah. It's just like that one short story from the Tales to Give You Goosebumps volume two. Yeah. <laughs> poison ivy so casey then freaks out as he notices one of the tall tree-like plants seems to be almost breathing Uh, yeah like like an asthmatic margaret also hears the rhythmic patterns of breathing coming from the plants diane doesn't hear and pokes fun at them casey soon moves on to something new and notices two electrical devices that look like phone boots that are connected to a generator in the center of the two their dad's a time lord Yes, I know they're police box. Don't come after me after that bullshit, nerds. Well, I mean, he could be an American Time Lord, like uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah. Bam. So I'm shut just up. saying, you know how shut some, up, nerds. You know how some pedantic assholes are. Casey then excitedly goes over to one and tries to open it. He then starts to jitter and shake, and we get a lame cliffhanger. Chapter four. Ding ding. Casey was free, uh, was faking it all along because he's a piece of shit. The girls dogpile the shirtless boy and proceed to tackle him. Or, sorry, tickle him. Yeah, he's shirtless, by the way, throughout yep. this whole thing. But when we, when they hear a moan from across the room, it's the, it's the, pla- <laughs> it's the plants. <laughs> sorry, it made me cough. <laughs> Do what I can. The three kids decide to leave the creepy basement since the moaning, sighing plants that beckon to children like weird creeps are just a little too creepy. <laughs> Because they were calling to them. I know. That's what's the creepy part. Just still moaning. (laughs) Diane has had enough excitement for one day and leaves. As she leaves, their dad's blue station wagon turns the corner. Margaret asks Casey to make sure the door is shut all the way. He says, yeah, but then realizes his boy nips are sticking out. (laughs) And that he left his shirt downstairs. That's a weird way to explain. He's still shirtless. Shirtless chapter break. Chapter 5. Casey wants to go downstairs to retrieve his shirt, but Margaret says it's too late. The dad is parked and coming to the screen door. They bicker about it until Margaret tells him to rush down because their next door neighbor has stopped their dad to have a chat. This will come up later on in the book. The chat doesn't last long and Casey is taking too long. That one song from Ferris Bueller's Day Off blares in the background as her dad literally stops to smell the roses (laughs) and Margaret freaks out. Her dad was inspecting the rose bush now, and Margaret makes the decision to rush downstairs to see what's taking that boy so long. Chapter 6. Now this is something I've got to give compliments. Chapter 6 is a really cool chapter, but the book's been kind of like in Margaret's perspective more than anything. But we finally get one that's actually through Casey's perspective. Yeah. Which, I think that's really neat. That's actually probably the most... Like, normally in a book, that's actually like kind of a normal thing to do. But, like, seeing that in a Goosebumps, especially so early on, it's really cool. Like, it feels like, oh, wow, you don't really change perspectives that often in, like, yeah. young adult books. Well, and some pla- some things do have fixed perspective, but it's always fun and horror to especially change the yeah. perspective. It's it's a, it's just unfortunate that we don't see this kind of writing style anymore in, in like, too many other Goosebumps books. Yeah. It's Which, just the one. Yeah, it's just the one character, and it's like, ugh, can we just get another perspective here? Or if it is a different perspective, it's the same thing happening, so it's just not... Yeah. It, yeah. It's not, it doesn't do anything. So Casey is rushing down the stairs, two at a time, and lands hard on the cement floor. He enters the room and sees a shirt that is near a tall, leafy tree with long tendrils that almost look 
like it's looking at his shirts. He feels as if the plants were watching him. Then he hears a sudden low moan coming from the closet that sounded almost human. He, he continues slowly towards the shirt, building tension by extending the word count. When he finally gets to his shirt, he swears the tendrils from the tree next to him uh, reach out and... Uh, uh, oh my god, I, I just fucked up on this. Reach out, touch faith. Reach out and touch faith. No, he swears that the tendrils are going to reach out and grab him. And they do! They hold on to him as he tries to escape, but to no avail. Margaret shows up and is shocked to see the plant attached to her brother. She assists in his escape, and they dash towards the stairs. But they both stop as they see their father at the top of the stairs. And his hands are balled up into fists, and his face rigid with anger. He screams. I told you! Stay out of the basement! Chapter break. So, oh, well, we haven't gotten to the quote, never mind. What? Oh, just like the next thing he says after the, uh, I thought I told you in the cha after the next, during the next chapter. Okay. So chapter seven. They tell their dad what happened, and he tells them that he's disappointed in them and doesn't yell at them like the last Which time. Which is honestly worse. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, have you ever just had a parent just go, like, I'm disappointed in you and not say, like. Well, when you, you say it like your dad, so your dad has said it to you before, hasn't he? No, honestly, my mom is worse with yeah. it. It's more disappointing, because it's like you expect the yell. Yeah. Your body is braced for the yell when it's just like, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. It's just, it's laying there where it's like, can't you just like say, like, yell at me, do something. But no. And then it's just there. My parents, like, my parents didn't, my parents never said that. They just yelled at me. So I react to everything as yelling. I know. Fuck you, Weiss. Why? That's the first name I could think of. <laughs> I love you, Weiss. I was going to say, don't take that personally, Weiss. Take it personal. That he loves you. That's been a shotgun blast to come on his face. Wow, that's so weird. <laughs> I'm tired. Give me a break. It's <laughs> just weird, though. Okay, uh, but, 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 he sits them down by the kitchen table, and the kids ask about the plants, but he only says that he'll explain them in the future. They sit there awkwardly and beg for a tour of the basement, and he says no and gets back to work. The kids say he's acting weird and emotionless, but honestly, he's acting pretty normal for a man whose wife just let hit, left him for a Tucson lesbian kinship. I mean, really. Like, I'm not gonna lie here. Both parents are gay. Like, they're, they just, they're each other's beards. Dad's just mad that he hasn't had any hits on, like, whatever the 90s equivalent of Grinder is. It's, it's, uh, what's it called? Nine, it's Grinder, but it's spelled with a nine, and, like, another letter is an O for, it's, oh, it's Gonder. <laughs> but it's spelled 90s. And it's on dial-up modem, and everything takes five hours to load. Yeah. They sleep calmly through through the night, and Margaret wakes up early and notices her father is already hard at work in the basement, since the, tor since the door is tightly shut with a brand new lock installed. Next Saturday morning, Margaret is on the phone with her mother. She'll be with her, her lover for an extended period of time. Margaret complains that her dad is acting weird and distant. Her mother says he's working hard on his experiments. Margaret also mentions that her dad has started wearing a Dodgers baseball cap and refuses to take it off. He's just balding. It's okay. Even though they say it looks dorky. Yeah, he's balding. The, the call ends. Margaret decides she's going to go hang out with Diane since Casey was out with a friend. To her surprise, her dad is in the kitchen, huddled over the kitchen sink with his back towards her. Margaret spies on him and, he, and notices he's eating something from a large bag. 
He eats like a college freshman <laughs> returning from home for the semester. She finds it queer that he's eating because he never eats with the family anymore and says he's never hungry. When he finishes his meal, he tosses the bag in the kitchen sink garbage and goes back to his lab. Her curiosity gets the better of her and she digs in the trash like a raccoon and finds <laughs> and finds out he was eating plant food. <gasps> Chapter end. Chip. Oh yeah, also. Yes. When talking to Diane, should I have the hiccups now? <laughs> Look at the scary book. Diane says that her her dad's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, he's not weird. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I think that's later on. Either way, I stand by it. Yeah. She's horrified by what she finds and can't imagine why he would eat that. She quickly tosses it back when suddenly a hand comes down on her shoulder. Casey has returned home. She tells him about her discovery and he thinks it's hilarious. She vents her frustration to Casey about how he's been acting so cold and quiet towards them and how he never jokes around or calls her fatso or princess, which one of those is a good thing. She thinks he's turning into a plant. Casey thinks that's silly. On the following Monday, the siblings are hanging out at Diane's house playing frisbee. Diane talks shit about Margaret's mad scientist okay, father. yeah, there it is. And they eventually stop playing and the siblings head home. I mean, to be fair, he is being weird. Yeah. When they get the, get there, they notice their father hunched over some pink roses. Casey tells her dad to catch as he tosses the frisbee at him. He turns around to slow, too slowly, and the frisbee knocks the Dodger's hat off, revealing that he no longer has hair, but leaves sprouting from his head. <gasps> Alright, so chapter 9. Dr. Brewer tells them that it's alright, but his children are in shock of his new hairdo. He tries to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk since their mother called and said that Margaret was upset. But the two are still too perplexed by his foliage. He decides it's time to explain to them what he's working on down in the basement. He, he explains... The ultimate sex machine. <laughs> yes, the butt pumpkin. <laughs> he explains that he's trying to splice the DNA of a plant with an animal to make something horrible, if you ask me. The butt pumpkin. He explains that the glass boots are transporters <laughs> that send the pro pro proper building blocks to one another. When they ask about the leaves on his head, he says it's a side effect. Which isn't a fucking explanation, Doc. Also, by the way, hmm. the way Dad explains it, hmm. Dad believes in eugenics. Yes, yes he does. Because he's like, don't you just want everyone to be smart and to only have the smart people genes? Uh, he did say that, yeah. Like, that's basically what he said. He does say eugenics. And I'm should. like, yeesh. This is plant dead, after all. Yeah. So, I mean... It's a plant. Plants want to want to be the best. Yeah. Why do you think they're always trying to grow so high? He's also spreading his pollen everywhere. He's just jizzing every. You just see that. He's jizzed on his kids. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying he's jizzed on his kids? No, but everywhere in the house. He's jizzed on the dog. Oh God! There's no dog. <laughs> yeah, there was. It just got covered too much by jizz. It's horrible. Um, are you saying you sent yourself through there? Oh wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. I, I missed the spot. When they ask about the leaves on his head, he says it's a side effect. Oh wait, no, no. Are you saying you sent yourself through a through their... Okay, so what I was trying to say, because I, I forgot that's part of my thing. I was actually going to start off with a joke there. <laughs> was they... I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, did he, like, send himself through the the, the one... Uh, the photo... Photo... F phone booth thing and have, like, a pen in the other end? And, like, did he, like, fucking fly himself? That's what I was going to think, just, like... Did he accidentally do like a the flat like a leaf just like blew in? Yeah, did at the he last just Jeff Goldblum him himself? I don't know. He goes back to the lab. Casey, being an idiot, accepts the explanation, but Margaret can't accept it as 
it's it, it can't accept it as just a simple side effect, and it's left with more questions. Well, especially when he's just like when they're like, what 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 is what is this it's a side effect of? It's a side effect. It's a side effect. She was puzzled about it through the rest of the night. When at 2.30 a.m., she heard her father going to the restroom and turning on the sink. She decided she would ask him all the questions she had. She stealthily headed to the bathroom, but before she could interrupt his late-night J.O. session, <laughs> she notices that he was removing the bandage on his hand, and we had it off. She noticed it was still bleeding, but he wasn't bleeding normal red blood. His blood was green! In fear, she ran back to her bedroom, but the floor creaked beneath her and she knew she was busted. She made it back to her room, but not before her dad could call out for her or her brother. Margaret fears he knows she was still out and will come and get her. So, I just want to say this probably has one of the worst things for me personally Yeah. in any Goosebumps book. Okay. What must it feel like? Green leaves pushing up from your pores, uncurling against her head. Like, just that, like... That, like, like feel. the... I was gonna say, I can't remember... The body the, horror. Yeah, the bot. Well, and also, like, you know, like, the thing, like, the fear of, like, stuff coming out of, like, holes in your skin? Yeah. That. Okay. I can't remember the term, and I didn't look it up, but yeah. So Margaret can't get yeah, back, yeah. back to sleep, because she is terrified of what her father may do. She realizes that he's not coming and coming after her, and she can't get, get to bed. She eventually goes downstairs to get a glass of water. When she gets the water bottle, a hand comes down on her shoulder. Yet again, it's Casey... And he asks why she's still up. They both explain that they have so much on their mind with dad, but they're interrupted by a moan filled with uh, sadness coming from the basement. More sadness. Uh, That's better. Uh, <laughs> they, <they're laughs> uh, they try going into the basement, but it's locked. And Margaret admits that she thinks dad was lying to them. They both go back to bed. The next morning, Margaret decides she's going to confront her father with all the questions that have been burrowing into her mind like maggots on a corpse. She comes to her parents' room and calls out to her father, but there's no reply. She goes in to check and finds a sour odor in the air, aka her dad's post-J.O. smell, and, and, that the, and that the bed is filled with dirt, bugs, and earthworms. Ew. Just ew. Yeah, that's just gross, dude. Chapter 11. Casey wakes up two hours after Margaret's discovery. She takes him outside and tells him what she saw, that night and this morning. Both of them are unsure of what to do, whether to contact their mother or even the police. They ponder about it until noon, when the kitchen door opens and their father calls them inside. He's made them lunch, much to their astonishment. Margaret wishes to speak with him, but he ignores her. The meal he has prepared looks like green mashed potatoes. He wants them to try it and calls them his guinea pigs. He also mentions that mom may be coming home soon since Aunt, El Aunt Eleanor, quote unquote, is doing better. It's like he the Victor, it's like the Victorian your aunt, where it's not really <laughs> just the person your mom bangs. He then demands that the children eat their lunch. After much yelling, Margaret lifts the spoon slowly to her mouth, and a chapter break happens. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Chapter twelve. Oh wait, yes, chapter twelve. The doorbell rings. Dr. Brewer reluctantly goes to the door to see who it is. While he does that, the kids dump their disgusting meals in the trash. They then go and see who it is at the door. It's Mr. Martinez. He's here to check on Dr. Brewer's work. Dr. Brewer says it's not ready to be shown, but Mr. Martinez insists and even mentions how it was the board who insisted on firing Brewer and not himself. Mr. Martinez pretty much forces his way in 
and Dr. Brewer reluctantly obliges. They both head down into the basement. Margaret and Casey wonder if their father will get his job back. And if he's telling the truth, fucking word counts. <laughs> because it goes on for fucking ever. Yeah, I'm like, Casey's get on with it. Pretty much. Casey says they need to go down into the basement the first chance they get to see if he's lying. Also, my thing is, is like, I'm sorry, but in the way of like murder alibis, he got dropped off by someone else and not his car. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Mr. Martinez, his car is in the shop and someone dropped him off. It's at some, some rando's house. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is like a how to get murdered 101. Shh. Chapter 13. That chance is literally the next afternoon. Their father is heading over to their neighbor's house to help him install a new sink. The door is locked, but Casey apparently knows how to lockpick thanks to his friend Kevin, and they head downstairs. Kevin probably also burns things. Just Pro a thought. Probably. The plants are as plentiful and still breathing, and they traverse the basement. Casey freaks out and screams and receives a chapter break. Chapter 14. It's Dad's bong collection. It's actually a gray squirrel. A squirrel surprised him. Fucking, yep. it scared the shit out of him, apparently. Which, you know what? That's kind of fair. Like, whenever something, like, falls, like, unexpectedly to the ground, like, uh, I, I kind of have, like, the adverse reaction. Like, if it's something that's small, I think it's a mouse. Because I'm used to seeing mice sometimes scurrying away uh, back from one of my old, old jobs. Because we had a mouse problem. And, like, every now and then you would see a mouse scurry around and you'd be like, oh my god, what the fuck? So I, I can kind of understand being freaked out for a second, but not being freaked out by that. A squirrel is different from a plant. Sorry, I digress. They free the squirrel by chasing it out through the window. Sorry, through the floor window. This would have been a good spot to have a plant grab and eat the squirrel, but that would have been too scary, per the editor's note, if you ask me. Yeah, probably. Like, am I wrong? That would have been a great moment for one of the plants. Like, right? And just, like, kill it. It would have been so creepy. Margaret decides it's time for them to leave, because they don't know what to look for. And to and to decide to look for to decipher their father is lying, which I'm like, then why the fuck did you go downstairs? Shouldn't you have like I figured that out before? Yeah, they're too stupid to realize it. Then a thump comes from the supply closet, and Casey has gone off on his own. She looks for him to get out of there, and he's by the work table. He's found Mr. Martinez's jacket and tie hidden away under the work table. They realize that that they never saw Mr. Martinez leave yesterday, but then they hear footsteps coming quickly down the stairs. Mr. Martinez asking if they want breakfast. They decide to hide, but where? Chapter break. Chapter 15. They hurry out the window and see their dad enter the basement. They rush over to the back door of the house to re-enter it, and their dad stops them. He asks, asks where they were. Margaret lies and says outside, but Dr. Brewer calls their asses out when he says they left the door wide open. That's fair. They question him about Mr. Martinez's clothes in the basement, and this is, rep is his reply. I, I just have to read his reply. <laughs> yes, they fucked. No. <laughs> We're... I'm raising two snoops, her father griped. Martinez, Martinez got hot, okay? I have to keep the basement at a very high tropical temperature with lots of humidity. Martinez became uncomfortable. He removed his jacket and tie and put them down on the work table. Then he forgot them and went in when he left. <laughs> just, that's so gay. It's a very, it's just like, I fucked Mr. Martinez, okay? Yeah. Uh, I it think got I, hot and uncomfortable. 
while I was fucking him. Dr. Brewer chuckled. I think he was in a state of shock from everything I showed him down there. It's no wonder he forgot his things. But I called Mr. Martinez this morning, and I'm going to drive over and return his stuff when I finish at Mr. Henry's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. They were relieved. Well, he might go over back to Mr. Martinez to, like, finish. They're relieved to know Mr. Martinez is okay, and Dead warns them not to go back to the basement. That's dangerous, and Margaret doesn't know whether to take that as a threat or a warning. Chapter yes. 16. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that Saturday, Margaret hangs out with Diane. Sorry, I put Diance. Diance. Yeah, I, I put added an extra C in there. My bad. Diance. For most of the day and returns home with her. Margaret's dad is leaving in his station wagon. He says that her mother is returning home and that he's off to pick her up. Woo. The girls read Sassy in People magazine. Now, do you recognize Sassy magazine, Sam? Vaguely. It's it's kind of a punk rock magazine for girls. Neat. It's pretty cool. You should, uh... It doesn't exist anymore, sadly. I'm, I'm kind of figured, yeah. sadly enough. But it's it's pretty grunge. It's a pretty grunge magazine. Neat. Uh, before Diane has to leave for piano class that she's running late for. Casey finds Margaret and wants to fly kites since it's windy enough. He thinks the kites are in the basement and insists on breaking in there again. For fucking kites. He does so, and they both go searching for the kites. As they're rummaging through boxes, they find a pair of black shoes and blue trousers. Like the ones Mr. Martinez was wearing! They check the wallet and find an American Express card with his name on it. They then go on a shopping spree. What are his trousers doing down there? <laughs> Alright, I have to read the first paragraph of chapter 17. I didn't put the page, damn it. Okay. Dad lied! Casey sta said, staring in horror at the wallet in his hand. hands. Mr. Bertinez might leave without his jacket, but he wouldn't leave without his pants and shoes. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest fucking thing. Well, he might come without his pants and shoes. Ew. But he wouldn't leave without them. I'm making a joke. Let me have my dumb joke. He wouldn't leave without them. Let me have my dumb joke. The kids are in pure shock, and they hear the thumping from the closet again. They believe it to be Mr. Martinez and try to let him out. They realize that the door isn't just locked, but it's nailed shut with a 2x4. Casey finds a claw hammer, and they work together to pry the nails from the board. After the board is removed, they have another problem. The locked door. Casey is unsure of how to pick the lock on it, so they try to pry the door open and eventually do so. To their surprise, something horrible is inside the closet. A chapter break. <laughs> chapter 18. Inside the closet are more plants! <laughs> But not normal ones, mind you. Plants with human features such as arms, legs, and fingers. And a couple of them even have faces. So all I could think of with that is, I don't know why, but all I could think of was the spy head in Meet the Medic that killed me. <laughs> killed me. Later. But it's literally a head in a Petri dish. Yeah, but that kind of feel of just like, Like, this feels me. like a fucking Cronenberg fucking movie. That's what yeah. it fucking feels like. But all I could think of was just kind of that. I don't know why. Kill me. Which is, I mean, and you know what's funny? I think this predated... Alien Resurrection, and that's where the kill me originated, if I'm not mistaken, where it's like a bunch of clones of um, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character, uh, uh. Ripley, where she's like, she finds one and one's like, kill me, kill me, and she gets a flamethrower and fucking kills them all. It's, it's a pretty, it's actually one of the best scenes in the franchise from probably one of the worst movies in the franchise. Thank you for your friendship. 
and merciful death. That doesn't fit here. Shut up. Actually, it kind of does. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it is an affront to God. And merciful death. The kids are terrified, <laughs> but what they see and... Tr uh, okay, sorry. The kids are terrified by what they see and try leaving, but not before Margaret notices something else. Besides human-plant hybrids, it's their dad. He's tied and gagged on the floor. Margaret rushes to untie him, but Casey stops her and exclaims, That can't be their dad! He's picking up Mom! And we're gonna be late for prom! All the plants in the room let out a chorus of moans in unison. Uh, which, I just had to be like, what the fuck's up with that line? <laughs> Margaret decides she's freeing their father, but Casey stops her and points out that he has leaves growing out from his head. Margaret insists that they should at least hear him out and remove the tape that was gagging him. He explains that he's their real father and that he's been replaced with a plant copy of himself. He also points out a near-naked, bound and gagged Mr. Martinez near the wall. Margaret decides to free the dad. He stretches and runs out of the room and grabs an axe. His face, filled with determination, starts towards the now-frightened kids with another chapter break. <gasps> chapter 19. The father they let loose was still coming towards them. And then, when suddenly, from the stairs, they hear rapid footsteps. It's their mother and another father. The one who just got home yells at the kids for being in the basement and letting loose the fake Dr. Brewer. But the other one with the axe exclaims, he's the real Brewer, and the other one is a fake. Also, mom also yells at the kids. And all I could think of was, like, your husband committed oh, an axe. Oh, no, 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 no. Can you say, do you remember what, they, what she said? What have you done? Kids, what have you kids, done? Kids, what have you done? To... The fucking kids. When it's like, I'm sorry, who committed acts against God? I'm sorry, it was your husband. <laughs> not your fucking children. Chapter 20. The two brewers argue amongst each other of who is the real one. The family are too shocked to know what to do. Margaret thinks the one with the axe is the fake father and believes he will kill her, the real father, and their mother. So she takes the axe from his hands. Both dads then ask for the axe. Margaret, perplexed by what to do, asks her mom... For advice and she just gives her jack squat she's like oh. i don't fucking know i'm a dumb mom i just got home from being a lesbian for a week the mom the mom the one who was in the closet then asked for the axe and mom. calls her princess what <laughs> the one that was in the closet mom no dad was in the closet too oh yeah true <laughs> <laughs> to quote the book does this mean that the dad in the closet is my real dad <laughs> she is still unsure and notices both dads have bandages she asks Casey to grab the knife from the shelf, and he does, and she takes a knife and stabs the father stabs the father from the closet's arm. Chapter 21, the final chapter. He bleeds a trickle of red blood, and she decides that after assaulting him, that he's their real dad, and hands him the axe. Dr. Brewer takes the axe, and the other lets out a hushed scream, and he is cut in two hot dog bun ways. They all come in for a ceremonial death, death family hug. But Dr. Brewer says they have one last thing to do, and I quote, Let's get Mr. Martinez out of the closet. Uh, then it's raining uh, men played, uh, <laughs> and they have a gay dance party. Uh, but Dr. Brewer says they have one last thing to do. Oh, wait, no, I already said that part. Uh, <laughs> everything was almost back to normal. After freeing Mr. Martinez, he offered Dr. Brewer his job back via talking to the college board. 
Uh, after Dr. Martinez, or, sorry, after Mr. Martinez left, Dr. Brewer destroyed most of his plants and is willing to save any of the normal ones by playing them outside. He then explains how this all started, which I'm gonna fucking read because it's so fucking convoluted. I was working on a super plant, he said, trying to electronically make a new plant using DNA elements from the other plants. Then I accidentally cut my hand on a slide. I didn't, I didn't realize it, but some of my blood got mixed in with the plant molecules I was using. When I turned on the machine, my molecules got mixed in with plant molecules, and I ended up with something that was part human, part plant. That's gross! Casey exclaimed, dropping a fork full of mashed potatoes. Well, I'm a scientist, Dr. Brewer replied, so I didn't think it was gross. I thought it was pretty exciting. I mean, here I was, inventing an entirely new kind of creature. Those plants with faces? Margaret started. Her father nodded. Yes, those were things I made by inserting human materials into plant materials. Notice he didn't say blood. Just, just jizz. I mean, what's the, it's less painful than cutting yourself. I mean, yeah. After, but after a certain. Level, I kept putting them in the supply closet. I got carried away. I didn't know how far I could go. How human I could make the plants. I could see that my creations were unhappy, suffering, but I couldn't stop. It was too exciting. The buttkin was his favorite. He, t <laughs> he took a long drink of water from his glass. You didn't tell me any of this, Mrs. Brewer said, shaking her head. I couldn't, he said. I couldn't tell anyone. I, I was too involved. Then one day, I went too far. I created a plant that was an exact copy of me in almost every way. He looked like me. He sounded like me. And he had my brain. My mind. But he still acted like a plant in some ways, Margaret said. He ate plant food and... He wasn't perfect, Dr. Brewer said, leaning forward over the dinner table. As he shoved some plant food in his mouth. Talking in a low, serious voice. He had flaws, but he was strong enough... But he was strong enough to... Strong enough and smart enough to overpower me. To... Lock me in the closet. To take my place. And to continue my experiments. And when Mr. Martinez arrived, unexpectedly, he locked Martinez in the closet too, so that his secret would be safe. Was the head full of hairs one of the flaws? Casey asked. Dr. Brewer nodded. Yes, he was almost a perfect clone of me, except a perfect human, but not quite. But Dad! Margaret said, pointing. You have leaves on your head too! He reached up and pulled one off. I know, he said, making a disgusted face. That's really gross, huh? Everyone agreed. Well, when I cut my hand, some of the plant materials mixed with my blood got into my system, he explained. And then I turned on the machine. The machine created a strong chemical reaction between the plant re materials and my blood. Then my hair fell out overnight, and the leaves immediately started to sprout. Don't worry, guys. The leaves are falling out already. I think my hair will grow back. It doesn't. <laughs> it remains bald forever. Bald! Bald! By the end of the week, Dr. Brewer had destroyed nearly all the plants and had started a bonfire to get rid of them all, and most of his equipment was headed back to the university as he got his job back. On Saturday, they were buying a pool table for their new basement rec room, and on Sunday, Margaret relaxed in the backyard when this happens. Sam, do you want to read the last page? Howdy! Sorry, I'll actually read the room. No, I'm going to read no, it now. I'll, I'll read no, it. you lost your it. privilege of reading I'll read that it. shit. She heard the whisper at her feet. Margaret. She looked down to see a small yellow flower nudging her ankle. Margaret, the flower whispered, help me, please help me. I'm your father, really, I'm your real father.
Alrighty. So, what did you think about uh, this one, Sam? <laughs> sorry. You thought it was a burping good time, eh? Um, for a lot of it, it was kind of boring, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Like, like I'm not going to lie either. I thought this was a pretty dull Goosebumps. And then, like, it got kind of good near the end, but for a while I was like... It was a lot of word counting feel. Yeah. Like, I felt like he was really trying to push the word count. And it Because he kept repeating himself over and over again. And it was really, 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 really gross. Yeah. Like... Is the feel. Yeah, this one was kind of a slog to get through uh, after a while. Because it was just like, okay, I get it. Can you just fucking get on with it? But, I mean, I, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I liked it more than Bailey's school kids. Yeah, that's But that's, that's not true. saying much. At least it wasn't racist. Yeah. I did, I, and I also did like it more than I liked the Hank the Cow Dog. Yeah. Again, it wasn't racist. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, and it, like, we're not reading, like, would you say we're reading between the lines for the gayness, or is it kind of there? There's at least, like, the subtext is at least pretty broad, whether yeah, or not it's... like, I hate to be the one who says it, but there's some pretty broad gay strokes here. Yeah, I was gonna say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's part of the text, but... Yeah. There's definitely a lot of subtext that says it's pretty gay. <sighs> Super subtext. Super sub. <laughs> Which one's That's a what... sub, Mr. Martinez or uh, Mr. Brewer, Dr. Brewer? <laughs> I'm gonna say Mr. Martinez, just out of guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a surprisingly gay book, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of become part of the whole fan community that it's pretty gay. Yeah. Uh, there's there's actually someone I follow on Twitter. She loves the crap out of this book and thinks it's super gay. Which I'm like, it's a de- it, it, it could be a better gay book. Yeah. Like, I mean, for all the fucking... Uh, un- would it be uh, overtones? Yeah, I guess overtones because it's not necessarily like straight. Yeah. But because there's like... a lot of gay overtones in this. Yeah. Like, like literally, there are quotes that say, "Hey, let's get him out of the closet." Like, yeah, it's not supposed to be gay, but I'm just saying they could have just been like, "Hey, let's get Mr. Martinez out." Let's let's untie him. Let's free Mr. Martinez. Not let's get him out of the closet. Yeah. Like that that was unnecessary adding. I'm just saying. You could have again. There's ways you could have said it that wasn't. That isn't an insinuation to the gay community. I'm just yeah. I mean, Stein's just an ally, I guess. Okay. <laughs> also, something else I noticed in this book is that very early on, uh, Casey's like, "Dad doesn't play Nintendo with me anymore," and I feel like Stein was a Nintendo boy while K. A. Applegate, the writer for Animorphs, was a Sega gal. Yeah. Because she mentioned Sega in hers. Yeah. Even though the Animorphs game came out on uh, N64, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, it's whatever so, whatever they'll take. <laughs> it could have come out on Genesis. Or not Genesis, uh, Dreamcast. It could have, but I mean, if also Nintendo... And it would have had it, it would have had the same amount of people playing it. <laughs> I got you there, didn't it? Yeah. I got the burp right out of you. I was about to say, I'm, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, but like... And out of five, what would you give this? I give it like a three out of five. Same. Like it's not bad. I wouldn't necessarily like if if my nephew was a little older and he wanted to read it, I wouldn't go no, don't. Yeah. But I also wouldn't be like I probably read. Le- I would probably have him read this one before I would let him read uh, Stay Out of the not Stay Out of the Basement, but Welcome to Dead House because that one yeah. was, was kind of creepy. But yeah, it's one of those like I wouldn't necessarily tell him no, but I wouldn't necessarily be like this is the Goosebumps you have to read. Yeah. I was about to say, if I'm going to do that, it's, it's going to be Haunted Mask. I'm always going to be like, Haunted Mask is the one you should always read. Yeah. Like, that's that's the best of the bunch right there. And, or, uh, what's good? One Night at Horror Line is also a really good one. But, I was about to say, when I, when I come down to the stereotypical ones, those are like the stereotypical ones that are good. But, I mean, it, it's part of the lexicon. People do like Stay Out of the Basement. It's got its fans. Yeah. And I can understand the fandom for it, but yeah. 
At the same time, I think it just has way too much word fill. Yeah. Like, that's its biggest problem. It's just, like, Stein was just putting way too much word fill. He needed to get his word count up to... Yeah, and it... And, like, after... Oh, my God. And, like, like every fucking time there was a chapter. Why are there 22 chapters in this book? This book needed only, like, 18 tops. Yeah, and that's... I was gonna say, that's still very much... You could probably it. make it less if you really wanted to. Yeah. I was about to say, like, the, the 22, 21 chapters was a bit much here. Like, I felt like there was plenty of times where it could have just been, like, a page break and been like, ooh, but Stein has to have his scares, his chapter break scares, and want kids to keep reading. Well, and kids also feel good when you say, I've read this many chapters. Yeah, that's true. Like, I remember, I think it was a joke in Family Guy, mm-hmm. where they were talking about the Da Vinci Code, and yeah. how, like, the chapters are all only a few pages longer, so you feel super smart for reading it. <laughs> Yeah, I won't lie. I've read a couple books like that where I was like, yeah, it's only a few chapters long. <laughs> where you're like, I read three chapters, and it's like, that's six pages. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm disappointed by this book, though. Yeah, like, no, I didn't I have high that. expectations. But I wouldn't say it's like the book you need to read. Yeah, no. Nah. I was about to say, I, if, if we continue going down like in order, Monster Blood is definitely the one that's the worst of the trilogy. Because like, I consider the first three books a trilogy... Because they were all released in July. Like, all at the same time. Yeah. And that one's probably the worst of the bunch. So, uh, any final word? Any final comments, Sam? Stay out of the basement. Stay out of the basement, indeed. And hey... And stay out of the closet. Be true to you. Yeah, be true to you. Martinez, Brewer, love each other. Hey, that should be a four-family home. I'm just saying, four four parents. Yeah. That it. You know, okay... Side tangent time about like having a huge family, but the guy who created Wonder Woman, he was the only guy, but he had like th- like three women living with him, and they all had like their own kids with each other. But at the same time, it was like they were all able to go on and do their own jobs and able to take care of the kids and live a really good life. Yeah, I feel like be yourself, you know. Hey, doc- I mean, Doctor Brewer obviously has like like non. I would say non... I can't think of the term when, like, he still loves... I feel like he still loves his wife, like a but pl- not in the sexual way. Like a non-romantic. Yeah. Like, they still have love for each other and love for their kids, and they could easily raise the kids in a four-family home. You mean a four-parent home? Four, yeah, four... Yeah, four-family. No, the kids are gone. Fuck them <laughs> kids. Sometimes a family can just be four dads and no children. You mean two moms and two dads and no children? No, all I could think of was, I can't remember what it was, but somebody made a Steven Universe joke where it was like four moms and no children. It was like pre-Steven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was another one where it was just like a bunch of dads and no children. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, I mean, I kind of think that, like, they should be true to themselves and be, hey, don't go off to Tucson to go with a fling with a Tucson lesbian. Just because, hey, they're hot around here doesn't mean you should be doing that. Bring them to California. They'll love it. They'll love it! Go to California. California. I'm not making reference to the wizard. See, I was thinking about Clarence. What? With the teacher that always wants to go to California. Ah, okay, yeah. I remember her, yeah. I I thought you were making reference to freaking the wizard with the kid who's like, California. No, I was making making that reference of the teacher that just wants to go to California so bad. Yeah, she's she's probably from that city, that state, and she's like, I want to move away. Or she Uh, just doesn't want to be in a small town in Arizona. Yeah, oh, which sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, a small town in Arizona is not fun. No, a small town anywhere stinks. Yeah, there's at least like Tucson, Phoenix, or Flagstaff, you have other shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We got the we got areas to go to. 
we got places to see. People go. Yeah. <laughs> and should, so should we start dropping all the stuff? Yeah, let's drop the stuff. All right. So, hey, if you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, all that fun jazz, wherever you're listening to us. Hey, if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave a review. A good review helps people find us. If you're listening to us on uh, SoundCloud, leave a heart. I love hearts. They, they, they give me power. You heart hearts. I heart hearts. Thank you, Sam. You have a heart on for hearts. Get out of here. <laughs> you can find her at Berserker Rose. On there, Twitter and now, Instagram. Now you don't get to talk anymore. Okay. <laughs> but hey, and we also have a website. It's speakingofwitch.org. So if you do subscribe on the email, and you can also listen to our podcast on the pages there. And hell, if you want, if you're interested in trying to find a specific episode that you can't remember the title of, type in a keyword and it may just show up. It's it's pretty cool. I've done it. I typed in a word and bam, it was there. I typed in the. I got a lot of podcasts. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's a really good website. I really do love using it. As well as, I use it myself to try to find episodes because I'm like Spotify. I have to scroll through because there's so many damn episodes. I just type it in and bam, it's there. That's a bu- that's a plus to me, honestly. <laughs> and there's no search feature on Spotify for episodes, if I remember correctly. As far as I know, it's it's like if you, if you type it into Spotify, like the search normally, but we're not a big enough podcast to get that. I feel. Yeah. Which kind of bites. It they should really have a search feature on Spotify, but whatever. And we also have a Patreon at Patreon.com/slash. Speaking of which, one dollar gets all the content. You get a bonus episode every week. You get episodes. You get the episodes of the podcast and our YouTube shows early like a lot early and it's pretty tight you also get cut content our show notes whatever you want and hell if you recommend something we will do it mm, within reason yeah. <laughs> as i was about to say like i think we talked about we talk about that in the next episode of what we may or may not do kind of thing but there's plenty of stuff like if you have a recommendation for a drunken book club as long as it's a young adult book we will read it we will we will find it. We will read it. We will get drunk. And we will talk about it. All for a dollar. Because we take re- recommendations seriously when you're a patron. That's what I'm saying. You're only paying a dollar. Yeah. Like, you pay what you feel like it's worth, but I only want a dollar from you. I don't want okay. anything else. And it's only charged every month. That's it. If you want to pay, if you want to give us more money, that's great, but you're not going to get, like, any more features. Yeah, fortunately not. But you're already getting a lot, and it's a dollar a month. What can possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Oh, uh, possibly. <laughs> that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> and hey, you can follow the podcast at on the uh, the Facebook at Speaking of Which Podcast or SLW underscore podcast on Twitter. I recommend the Twitter page. We're extra funny. We also have a Twitch. Twitch.tv slash SLW underscore podcast. I've been playing some Fallout New Vegas. It's been a good time. I've been having fun times chatting with people. I love chatting with you guys. It's awesome. Uh, ba ba you can follow me at the underscore RuPaul on Twitter and Instagram. Sam, I already said, is Berserker Rose on Twitter and Instagram. That's right, you ain't talking no more, are you? Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, you can follow our good pal Weiss at Force Left Hander. Drop the last E on Hander on Twitch. Inst- Twitch. Uh, <laughs> on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Also, we have a YouTube page, speaking of which, look it up. It's really good time. We do fun, fun let's plays, and also follow our good pal Juan at jrovo.com or Voice of Joyrod on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And he too also has a twi- Twitch page, 
twitch.tv slash rarsmcgee, R-A-W-R-Z-M-C-G-E-E. I knew the E. What do you get, Sam? All right, that's all our socials, right? Yep. Man, that that took a lot out of me. What song do you think we should go out on, Sam? Um, what about like an Earth Day song? I don't know, like Earth Day songs. But... <laughs> I don't know any either. How about the Green Man by Typo Negative? That works. All right, we're going off on Typo Negative, Green Man. Uh, you guys stay cool out there. Yet again, join the Patreon, donate. Give us recommendations. We love recommendations. And we will take them. Because we love your ideas. Because you guys are filled with such smart ideas. Nom, 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 nom. That's me eating your brains. Because you're just filling me with ideas. Nom, 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 nom. Stop eating your brains. <laughs>